Associated Students of Madison has been meeting to discuss legislation called Ice Cream for All that would address the beef gelatin that is included in UW-Madison's famed Babcock ice cream. Beef gelatin is a gelling agent made of animal byproducts, meaning certain religious students as well as vegetarians and vegans cannot eat it. ASM is discussing a solution that would make Babcock flavors without the gelatin available to everyone who wants the university's iconic ice cream. Joining us now is ASM Vice Chair Yogev Ben Yitzhak, who has led the initiative. Hi, Yogev. Thanks Hello. for joining us. Oh, yeah, no problem. So first, um, I'm just kind of curious how the idea for this proposal came to be. And can you just give us a little bit of background on um, the legislation? Yeah, so... Basically, how this came to be is I'm sure we all know what Babcock is, right? It does play a huge role in our university. And when I first came as an intern in ASM, one of our ASM leaders, Ali Khan, um, had it as his issue to switch it. Back then, it was pork gelatin. It was actually switched from pork to beef two years ago. Um, But he picked it up as an issue and then kind of dropped it uh, within the year. But it was always kind of in my mind. And last year, not much happened with it. But this year... Um, I was a little bit saddened by the fact that so many of my um, Jewish friends who are freshmen were eating Babcock ice cream, not even knowing that um, they were breaking kosher rules. And it's something that happened to me when I was a freshman. It's something that happened, I'm sure, to almost every freshman that is Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, vegetarian. You know, most people don't know about this issue. And so it's something that I personally felt, and another representative, Jared Ling, um, had to change. And so we decided to bring this up to ASM. Um, the main goal of the legislation is two parts. Um, the first one is to spread awareness. Obviously, this issue came from nobody knowing that this was a thing. And so the fact that it did catch so much attention and the fact that um, some of our successes so far have been spreading a lot of awareness and more people know about it is a good first step. And then the second part of it is to actually make um, either change the recipe or make the flavors that are already without gelatin uh, more available for students. So the issue, I think, um, that a lot of people have been kind of running with on campus is the thought that the legislation would be banning the beef gelatin from all flavors, but that's not really what you're looking for or looking to do. It is not. It That's would true. more just be inclusion, you're saying. Yeah, it would be. It would more be um, spreading the awareness and then making the options that are already without beef gelatin more available. And then possibly talking down the road, ways to change future flavors, things like that. But in nowhere we try to um, ban ice cream, ban the beef gelatin from the current flavors as they are. Can you speak on what measures ASM is looking to take to make the non-beef gelatin ice cream more available? Yeah, so we have basically four main goals that we're trying to do. The first one is to have all the ice cream labeled. Um, up until very recently, um, there was no mention of beef gelatin in the unions or in the dining halls when you buy, where most people buy their Babcock ice cream. And so um, that was the first goal, and we actually succeeded in that. So now all the uh, tags, the allergen tags for each flavor, say contains beef or says does not contain beef if it's a premium flavor. Um, the second goal was to make the options that are, so right now there's three premium flavors out of the, and then 25 non-premium. Um, when you're at the union or when you're in the dining halls, they usually sell them on rotation, so they only sell 10 at a time. So even though there's three flavors, 
only one of them is being sold at a time. And so our second goal is to make those uh, rotations a better ratio for the inclusive ice cream. So rather than having it be nine uh, gelatin ice cream and then one uh, premium flavor, have it be seven with gelatin and three premium. Um, third goal is to make catering. So if you want an event by the union or in the dining halls and residence halls with Babcock ice cream, currently if you want to cater it, there are no options to cater any of the premium flavors. Um, and that's just bad on its own considering that there are premium flavors, so why not include them in the catering menu? Um, and then the last one and our biggest goal is to change all new flavors. And so Babcock has an established 25 flavors right now, and then every year they come out with four or five new flavors. Um, and so our biggest goal is to have those four or five new flavors be premium. And that way the original 25 um, stay the same, so alumni can come back and see their favorite ice cream still unchanged. But there will be more than three options for future generations of students. So can you speak a little bit about the controversial nature of this issue and kind of the feedback that you've gotten? Like you mentioned um, that Sarah Palin even tweeted about this issue. And obviously um, an on-campus group, Young Americans for Freedom, put out a statement um, expressing their concern with the what they call the productivity of ASM and, you know, how responsible it's being with its time, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um and look, this happens with almost every issue that comes from marginalized communities, is that when the marginal, when uh, communities that are marginalized bring up issues that affect only them, most of the people in the majority are going to question whether it's necessary, right? Because they don't think of it in the sense of, you know, they think of it in the sense of most people can eat Babcock ice cream the way it is. Most people, um, you know, don't need to really worry about kind of the way that they dress or the way that they um, look because they're in the majority, whether that's Christians, whether that's white, whether that's, you know, any of the other um, identities that are a majority in this country. And so the fact that Sarah Palin tweeted about it, the fact that Breitbart picked it up and wrote an article, the fact that we've gotten, I would say, around 100 hate emails over a course of a weekend um, about it doesn't surprise me just because it's it's, I can understand, or it, I'm not surprised that people who are not Jewish, people who are not Muslim, Hindu, people who are not vegetarian, don't really understand why this is an issue because for them, they can just eat the ice cream. And they see it as, oh, we're just trying to change something that most people are happy with. Um, when in reality, we're trying to make it more inclusive. We're changing, we're trying to change one little uh, recipe that inclu- excludes uh, dozens of communities that can't eat it, beef gelatin. Um, and so there's a lot of different reasons why it should change and not a lot of reasons why it should not change. So speaking on that issue, you said that only recently Babcock ice cream moved to properly label the flavors with beef gelatin. Does that mean there was a period when these people who have objections to the gelatin being in the ice cream were eating it without their knowledge? Yeah, uh, my freshman year... I ate probably for the first semester of Babcock ice cream, not even knowing that it breaks kosher rules. Um, nowadays, when I'm more of, you know, when I'm a junior, obviously I'm a third year, um, a lot of the freshmen in the Jewish communities, and not just in the Jewish communities, but every community that um, can't eat beef gelatin, it's the same trend every time, is that freshmen come, 
they see Babcock ice cream, you know, Babcock ice cream was at convocation. It's at every university event. The housing does it. The unions have it. It's really part of the tradition. So every freshman wants to be part of it. And so everybody eats it. And only whether that's months in, whether that's semesters in, whether that's years in, do they realize that they've actually been breaking their religious rules or their moral beliefs um, for the past however many years because of this. And so it is a really big issue if you go around probably before we uh, did this legislation, if you walk around and ask anybody in the Jewish community or anybody in the Muslim community, um, any freshman, if they knew that there was beef gelatin, I would say probably like one in 10 would know that there was beef gelatin in it. Has Babcock apologized for this? They have not, no. And so how receptive has the university been to these discussions, um, you know, both like the administration <coughs> and I would say also the people who actually are in charge of the recipe? Yeah, so there's basically two different targets with our goals, and one is Babcock ice cream, and one is basically like the unions and the dining halls. Um, because if you recall, like our goals, most of, most of the ways to make the already available premium options more available is through their main outlets, which is the unions and the dining halls, um, as opposed to Babcock itself, where um, most of what they can do is change the recipe. And so, um, like I mentioned earlier, they already changed the tags for um, to contain beef gelatin, and we are moving really swiftly through the process. Like, I sit on union council, which is um, makes decisions for the union. I also sit on the dining hall advisory board, which makes decisions for the dining halls. And so, both Jeff Novak, who's director of housing and dining, and Mark Guthier, who's the director of unions, have been very receptive. And it is moving through the motions, all of our goals, when it comes to the unions and the dining halls. Um, when it comes to Babcock, they've been um, receptive in answering our questions. Uh, they have not been receptive in understanding why this is an issue. Um, and they, I'm sure, are going to be a little bit harder to work with than the unions and dining halls. Um, and in general, the administration, both Argyle Wade, who's a dean of students, and Lori Reeser, who's the vice chancellor of student affairs, um, are kind of, I think that they, when we established our goals to what they are, I think they're more supportive now than when we first came out and everybody thought we were just trying to ban Babcock. And what's sort of the timeline for passing the resolution and um, getting this change made? Yeah, so the resolution was introduced September 5th, which was the first day of school, um, and also the first ASM council meeting, and then basically has to go through an introduction and then it has to be voted at the next meeting. Now, um, this wasn't obviously known at the time, but the next meeting was actually Yom Kippur. And so our Jared Lang, who was a big representative, and me and myself um, weren't at the meeting. And so ASM, out of respect for that, did not vote on the resolution. We postponed it to October 3rd, which was just passed right now. And then on October 3rd, uh, when it came back up to conversation about whether we should vote on it or not, um, it became very clear that there's no reason. I don't know if you guys read the legislation or not, but there is. It does go into detail about you know condemning Babcock ice cream for not changing the flavors, things like that. Um, there's no reason to condemn Babcock. There's no reason to condemn the university housing or the union or the administration um, when we're oh, in the okay. middle of the process. And so we postponed it again, um, and we're kind of keeping it hanging in the air that if we feel that we need an extra push and that things are slowing down, it's still there that we can uh, pass it and bring things up again. Um, but if we see that things are moving the way we want it to and eventually our goals um, and our 
what we want is met, we can just not, we can just kill the resolution. It kind of, you know, is in the middle now about how things go. So I want to kind of also circle back to the idea of Babcock ice cream as, you know, something that is just one way that marginalized students on campus feel, you know, even more sort of push to the side of the majority. Um, can you talk a little bit about what Babcock ice cream represents in a larger sense? Yeah, so, and this is a big issue that a lot of people um, haven't, haven't quite understood is the role that Babcock ice cream plays in the, Mas in the UW Madison community. Um, it is hard to understand that, which is why I understand like why Breitbart and Sarah Palin kind of like went angry about it is because they don't really understand how big Babcock ice cream is. Um, the first misunder the first misrepresentation of it is that a lot of people think it's a company. Um, it's not. It falls under the Department of the College of Agricultural Life Sciences. So a lot of its money, you know, they just expanded their building right now. That came out of our tuition. Um, and so people who can't even eat the ice cream are paying for Babcock to expand. Um, and so the fact that they are part of the university um, just plays into a whole another realm of how big they are in the community. So like I mentioned earlier, any event you want to have um, in any university-owned building, most of the time it's the union or the uh, dining halls or the residence halls, it has to have Babcock ice cream. You can't have other ice cream, um, that other ice cream from around the community. Um, so it has to be Babcock ice cream. Every university event, almost every university event, um, such as convocation, which is you know all freshmen have to go to, has Babcock ice cream in it. And so Babcock ice cream is really pushed as kind of this idea of uh, the Wisconsin tradition. You know, you're not a real uh, badger if you aren't, you know, if you haven't had Babcock ice cream, if you don't have your favorite Babcock ice cream flavor that you get every time you go to the terrace. Um, it really does play a big role in uh, making people feel included. Um, that's, the, that's the symbolic realm of it in the sense of like, it does really sim like symbolically play a role into what UW-Mass and what we think of UW-Mass and what we think being a badger is all about. Obviously, it has physical consequences too, such as the fact that you can't have an event without Babcock ice cream, and so if you can't eat Babcock ice cream, you're kind of stuck. Um, so this is both a symbolic and a actual issue to a lot of students. And it's sort of a, a misconception to think that beef gelatin is just a normal product that's in all ice cream, correct? Yeah. We've gotten a lot of people saying, you know, this is just uh, a normal, you know, ice cream thing. A lot of homemade recipes uh, contain beef gelatin because it is more of a traditional way of making ice cream. Um, believe it or not, when we met with Bill Klein, who's a director of Babcock Ice Cream, um, he gave us a lot of really good information, one of those being that Babcock Ice Cream currently is the only store um, that sells beef that sells ice cream with beef gelatin in the country, um, and so, you know, we are a research. Babcock Ice Cream is technically a research institution, so the fact that they're that behind, you know, the our, our research institution, which is supposed to be researching and finding like the forefront, uh, you know, cutting edge ways to make ice cream, is behind literally every other ice cream store in the country. Um, it's kind of, you know, I think kind of funny um, in a bad way. Like, you know, that's kind of laughable. Like, I feel like other people would probably are laughing at us about this. Um, and so that is a really big misconception that people are like, oh, you're just trying to change 
normal American life, like everyday American life. But in reality, Babcock ice cream is literally the only store in the country that still uses beef gelatin in their ice cream. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else you want to add about the issue? Maybe um, going <coughs> forward, where ASM will sort of take it from here? Or is it kind of, um, we're still unsure about when the legislation will actually go through? Yeah, um, it is right now in the works. So obviously, Union Council has like a committee once a, once a month. Um, and so at their next meeting, they're going to be voting at all the different issues that we brought up. But obviously, we have to wait until the next meeting. And we have to um, talk with Mills, who's the president, and the other leaders on the Union Council to make sure that we actually have the support to pass it when it does come up. Um, the Dining Hall Advisory Board also meets once a month. And so continuing on emailing Jeff Novak and everybody from there to make sure that they continue um, pushing the uh, our goals is a really helpful um, is a really helpful aspect to it. So yeah, so things are right now standing kind of still, but they're also on the edge of meeting all of our almost all of our demands. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you so much to ASM Vice Chair Yoga for joining yeah, us. Thank you.